0: yet another episode of Par 71 with Matt Lasser. I am your host, Matt Lasser. Obviously, it's in the title. Uh, this is going to be a quick podcast this week, because I'm really busy this week doing a bunch of stuff. Got a bunch of meetings going on. Just to, quick to go off what happened last week. We got the after, like, what, a three-week month break, maybe? Not even that. We got a new PGA Tour season, and we had another live golf in Chicago this week. Also, how could I forget? President's Cup is back this week for the first time in two years. Obviously, it happens every other year. Let's talk about the Fortnite Championship, which is won by Max Homa for the second year in a row. He won it last year to open up the season as well. It's been a long time coming for Max Homa. Clearly, this course out in California, out in Napa Valley, just fits his eye because he's been doing so well on it. And what's very interesting, though, was the way it ended. Uh, Max Homa really should have been going into a playoff. It should not have gotten... Max Homa shouldn't have won straight up. Danny Willett actually three-putted from five feet to lose the tournament. Uh, Let's let's look at round four. Yeah, Danny Willits' stroke to gain putting was negative 0.79, and Danny Willits was plus 0.8. So there's your difference in the final round right there, the one stroke. is literally right before your eyes right there in the stats, like as always. It is not hard to find. Um, But again, in general, Max Homer this has been a long time coming. He's been playing really well. So his last win, again, was last year at the same championship for some reason. (laughs) It's called 2023, and last year's was 2022. It's kind of confusing considering what year we're in now. But like if you compare it to the BMW Championship, uh, tied 23, his putting was only at a plus 0.06. Pretty much everything was better, um, not by a significant margin. Accuracy was the probably the accuracy, driving accuracy and putting were probably the biggest uh, differences this week that we saw from him. Again, just something, something we've been waiting to see. I mean, just the improvement from the U.S. Open, where he lost 1.53 strokes putting, to this week, where he actually gained a stroke over the field in putting. I mean, and, and his approach. His approach is also the biggest difference because in at the BMW Championship, FedEx St Jude Championship, and the British Open, he lost strokes on his approach shot every single one of those weeks. But now we're looking at this week, and he's gaining 0. 0.65 strokes. So I mean, it's just the total improvement. It's pretty much all across the board. His best putting week was the 2021 Arnold Palmer Invitational, where he gained two strokes, and after that was the 2020 PGA Championship. Like, he's been a good putter. His worst one was all the way back in 2015 at Colonial. Like, he hasn't lost a full-stroke putting at all since, let's see, it's 2017. 2017 was the last time he lost a full-stroke putting. Ever since then, he's gained strokes on the field. Clearly one of his strengths. We've never did in deep into Max Homa a whole lot, now that we're we're looking at it, like he's probably one of the better putters we see. And again, accuracy. Let's look at let's look at the accuracy. He won't plus eleven percent this week. The best he had had before then is the 2020 U.S. Open, like plus 17, then plus 15 at the 2020 Charles Schwab Challenge, and then plus nine at the 2020 Safeway Open. Like he just hasn't his accuracy also like just hasn't been as good up until this week. It just all came together. This course literally must just fit his eye there's no other way to really explain it other than that and he's also playing the president's cup that was also something very interesting was that people were saying that the only reason he had gotten into the uh, president's cup was because of the people leaving for live which like partially is probably true because the people drop out of the rankings but it clearly pissed him off he uh said something about it in his press conference and obviously he used that as motivation to win this week it's great to see going into the President's Cup that he has this going I mean I don't think there's any way the U.S. does not win the President's Cup let's see let's look at these teams again I know we did it last time two weeks ago uh, I hope you guys were good in that week off I uh I felt like I needed it I'm still busy right now so I mean just look at so I'll read off the teams for the President's Cup transition to that again Max Holm a great week won in Napa Valley for the second straight year Uh, We'll see if he continues the season and he actually, maybe we'll finally see a major from him this year. Who knows? Uh, I hope so. Max Holm is clearly one of the fan favorites we have on tour. So, I mean, hopefully we see this more from him. It'd be great to, uh, I think, everyone would be happy with that. But now, yeah, Hideki Matsuyama, this is Team International. Hideki Matsuyama, Sunjay M, Tom Kim, Corey Connors, Mito, Adam Scott, Taylor Pendrith, Sebastian Munoz, Siwoo Kim, Cam Davis, Christian Budizis, and K.H. Lee, and then the U.S. team, this team is like half stacked, half not, I would say, but look at this U.S. team, Patrick Cantlay, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, Scottie Scheffler, Xander Schauffele, Tony Finau, Cameron Young, Billy Horschel, Colin Warkawa, Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth, and last on the list, Max. I just don't see every like matchup here. I think the U.S. has the advantage, besides maybe whoever plays Hideki Matsuyama, Again, that depends, though. Like, I give Scottie Scheffler, uh, Max Homa, Kevin Kisner uh, the advantage over him. Sanjay M is also going to get slight advantages over people. And maybe Sebastian Munoz and Adam Scott. But, like, other than that, on paper, the U.S. should blow this out of the water very, very easily. And I also want to remind you, remember when we were talking about Max play a while back? I think it was one of the first episodes of this podcast. Or it might not have been. It might have been before. But, Matt, or not Max Homa, Kevin Kisner is an amazing match play player. He is literally, I think he's the best match play player on tour if you just look at his, like, past record of match play events. Obviously, there's only one. So, yeah, career singles record. He is 22-7-2. and So, I, I, like, he should be given the advantage during anyone. Let's just see if there's anyone. Corey Connors, he played in the 2022 WGC match play, uh, who's on Team International. One of his losses is actually to Hideki. Back in 2016 at the WGC Dell Match Play again at Austin Country Club, his foursome records or four ball foursome is 2-0-1. Oh, like again, this guy like really barely loses for all the match plays he's had. He does not lose. This is act. This is second second Presidents Cup from what I'm looking at. Uh, hasn't played in a Ryder Cup. It looks like because all the rest of the matches are at Austin Country Club. Yeah, his second Presidents Cup. Never played in a Ryder Cup. But again, he has just. He's one of those players who's always up there in the Dell match play he is one of the best if not the best match play player on tour consistently and it's just hard to argue with that record deckies is 11 11 and three so again like no one and he has more matches than Kisner and he's 11 11 he's 500. the best winning percentage everything has to go to Kisner and that's who you have to watch out for during this uh this event now to round up, like I said, this will be a quick podcast because I'm busy. I got I got stuff to do today, a lot to do today. This was one of the many things on my list because I, I like talking to you guys. I like getting this out. like t- talking golf for as much as I can when I get the time. And I'm actually playing my first tournament on Sunday in like five years, so that'll be fun. Where's going? Live Golf. Live Golf Chicago. Once again, live, putting on a show. Got concerts there. Got everything going on. Uh, and Cameron Smith takes home the dub. Uh, if you look at Cam Smith, the money that he's won this year, it's insane. Between the British Open, Liv, and the players, he that, I mean, Liv was the highest at $4 million, but each of those are like 2 to $3 million wins at his bank account this year. just going up and up and up. It's got to be... I mean, you can't include Liv for like PGA Tour money list, obviously, but if you could, it would be right there with one of the most money players made. Just off tournaments, not the guaranteed money, the contracts... Just off the tournaments that a player has made in a year, this has got to be easily top five. So Scheffler set the record this year at. Well, this was before the playoffs. He has won 12 million this year with all of his wins. I mean, you look at four wins there. You go around three point for Cameron Smith. He's right around. He's going to be right around the same number, if not more. So again, you can't count. You technically can't count. Literally. I guess it's an unfair advantage. It's four million dollars to win. There's no purse like that on the tour. He is up there now. Like it, it just This has got to be one of the most winningest seasons we've seen, but the fact that he's on Live, no one's going to say that, right? Uh, I only saw one Instagram post about it, no one actually talking about how Cam Smith won. They are a little bit, but just Liv isn't getting the attention yet. If they need a TV deal and he needs to get off of YouTube. That is the major, major thing right now for them. If they can get a TV deal, Live is home free, Live is good to go. That's what we're looking at and honestly I hope they can. Greg Norman has been saying they're looking at it. But you have to think about it as who has it. So it can't be NBC or CBS. They both have huge ties with the tour. Those are out. The people on ESPN haven't said anything. Maybe they don't know anything. They also have ties with the tour. So it can't be can't be ESPN. It can't be NBC. It can't be CBS. And also, obviously, ABC with ESPN. So those those networks are out. But Fox has done the U.S. Open. did it for a few years, but then they dropped out of it. They gave it back to NBC because they realized there was no money in it for them. And they couldn't make money off of it. So I don't know if Fox is the biggest one that you could see try to get it. Maybe it goes on FS1, maybe it goes on Fox Sports, or like something smaller than the main region, the main uh, national network. But that's the that's the biggest name that could come to mind of probably has the best chance of getting live, just because they don't have PGA Tour ties and all that kind of stuff. And then imagine the purse money going up, because now there'll be more money coming in if they get a TV deal. This is all stuff that, again, and also live leaderboards are starting to look more and more like PGA Tour leaderboards and like elite PGA Tour leaderboards. We have Cam Smith, Peter Ulin, again, that's a name, I don't know, but he had a good week. Then you got Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Joaquin Neiman, Louis Usses, and Charles Schwarzschel. Phil Mickelson, finally in the top 10, Chase Kepka, not Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Cameron Triangle, Patrick Reed, these are all people in the top 15. Like, you can't tell me this isn't looking like an elite leaderboard now, and the PGA Tour shouldn't be scared. You can't tell me that. And I think more players are going to start leaving. Like, we'll just see how it goes, but don't be surprised if more players start leaving because, I mean, this is starting to look like something big. Who knows what's going to happen here? I think if I'm the PGA Tour, I'm scared. I really am scared, so we'll see what happens. Uh, but again, yep, that's all I got for this week. Like I said, it was going to be a quick uh, quick uh, podcast this week. But yeah.